Oh, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us at this episode of the Winter Circle with Nicholas Camby and Anthony Furman. Nicholas is live from Aruba. He's on vacation. That's not true. I'm actually in my my office, but. Whoa, no way. How'd you get the palm trees behind you? Um, There's a green screen. It's technology. Whoa. I could take it off. You can just see it's just a bunch of clutter. That's like supplements. that's how they made the new Spider-Man. Like like uh green you have the same technology as Spider-Man. CGI? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. I can there's a lot of things I can do climbing buildings. But I uh, you, you, you forgot the intro. So you you you, you need to get oh, into um Ladies yeah, welcome to the winner's circle where winners win and losers losers what? I was going to let you do that part. Oh, why? Why me? Because I always do it. I was going to switch it. We switched it up this week. All right, fine. Um, well, you threw me off guard, so I didn't really have much there. But we have a special guest today. We have uh, Tyson Morrissey. Um, he is a great strongman. He is, I'm going to double check my facts, but three-time Australia's Strongest Man, uh, won a world title in 20, 2019, has a slew of great uh, podium finishes across different federations. So i um, excited to have him on. Also a fantastic deadlifter and owner of a really cool gym. Yeah, uh, nothing but great interaction with Tyson. He's a hell of an athlete. Um, just and he's really kind of he's been the led the he spearheaded the movement in Australia for the middleweights really to be considered legitimate athletes in that part of the world. So it's actually pretty cool to have him on. Yeah, so I'm interested in hearing kind of more about his story and how he got started and who are some of those influences because yeah, I'm not too familiar with the Australian history in that in that scene. Uh, well, I, I know they're all criminals. Okay, <laughs> they're convicts. That's all. That's all I know about. That's, you know, that's their past, all right. And that's not even their <laughs> past; it's their ancestral past, all right. That's hundreds and hundreds of years, and then mixed in with the indigenous people to get Australians. That's all right. Hundreds of years ago, my family was alcoholic, so I'm still paying for that. <laughs> uh, Anthony, do you, do you have any uh, spe- spe- special uh, announcements this week? Uh, I mean, the big thing that happened was our international qualifier for Clash 105, uh, Clash on the Coast, uh, finished up. Um, t- to be quite honest, I was disappointed with the uh, the participation. Um, I do think that there, especially especially outside of America, I, I do feel like there's a sense of entitlement among athletes. Uh, they don't like to have to qualify. They like to be invited. Um, and that's okay. Um, I'm good with that because – as I said from the beginning, I only want people to compete in my series that want to do it. You know, as we move towards more legitimate sport, I say it all the time, Tom Brady, he's not gifted to the Super Bowl every year. He has to earn his way back. Um, so that's kind of what I'm trying to bring to Strawman, trying to get away from that automatic invite nonsense. Um, and I want people to have to put the work in to qualify like you would in a real sport. So, yeah, we, we took the top 15. Uh, the last event was a sandbag to sh- over shoulder, mm. 120 kilos, uh, 75 seconds. And I tell you, I don't think a lot of boys outside the States really do a lot of sandbag who, work. Who won that um, out of the international guys? Um, I have to pull it up because I, I was not prepared for this. You caught me off guard. Um, I, th- I believe five reps, five or six reps was the winning, was the winning right, number cool. though, uh, which again, I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be a little more. It was actually <laughs> um, Glenn, and I can't say his last name because it's of Scandinavian or- origin. Okay, all right. Five reps. But, you know, it's, yeah, it is an interesting one. I wonder, of course, going into it for the first time, they're learning it as they're um, competing or doing it for the qualifiers. So it could be something. It was definitely a curveball. It was, it was a curveball and it was intended that way. One, I love that movement. I mean, you know, I've been shouldering sandbags before, one, before y'all even thought about shouldering sandbags. Um, I think it's a great, I think if you can shoulder a sandbag, it makes you better across the board, a lot of things. Um so yeah, it was it was interesting to watch, um, and it's not going away anytime soon. If you ever compete in my stuff, so awesome. Well, that's that's exciting. Um, and then um, Anthony, you know, of course, we saw uh, McKeegan get an, uh, an invite. Um, yeah. One of my students from <laughs> earlier in the year, um, when I kind of went out in terms of doing some consulting and talking to one of the guys I brought on from Jordan Stewart from uh, Nova Scotia and yes. Newfoundland, he's uh, he's coming over. So that was exciting. So I mentored him for a little bit. Yo, um, I'll tell you, these guys are very excited. The guys that earn their spot, they're very excited. And that's what I want. I want, you know, if, if everyone can make it with all the crazy variants and 
whatever the hell's going on. If they can all make it, I mean, that's a solid 15 guys from overseas coming to compete at a show I'm promoting. It's really humbling. Like, it's like, wow, like, this really is global. And they're going to go back and tell their fellow countrymen what a great experience it was. And then we're going to see more of a, um, of course, more uptake from those particular countries. So again, we're just spreading out. But this is the first, again, this is the first time we're actually, actually, we had the more of the international guys, of course, last year couldn't come. But uh, yeah. again, we're going to get, this is a good starting point. Um, any more announcements, Anthony? No, I think that's it. Uh, well, one other thing I just posted, we actually created a position with the company, the uh, Strong Woman Outreach Coordinator. Ooh, cool. Um, and, you know, so we're looking to fill that position. It's basically, I, I would like an active or formerly active competitor within the Strong Woman community to really come in with strength lead events and just be an advocate for the strong women, help advise us on the needs of the strong women, uh, make sure we're making the right decisions, make sure the w- women are getting what they need out of it. And, and honestly going out to find female owned companies to help sponsor these female events. Cause I want to empower the women in the sport. I don't want the men to keep be the ones keep giving opportunities. I want them to, to, to put, you know, put their, put their two cents in and really take control of, of their own destiny. So I'm really trying to help facilitate that with this new position. This is a, a full-time role. Um, it's going to be as needed, um, you know, basically as much work you get what you put into it. Cause we do offer, for example, you know, if they go out and get $10,000 sponsorship, they keep 20% of that. All right. Interesting. Things like that. So it's really, you know, it's like being a realtor. You get, you get paid what you, the work you put in, right? Well, it's going to be, you know, that position sounds like a great great area again if they want to get into this type of work um get that type of experience and then they could leverage that for going forward um but anthony i I got my own of course announcement of this week um i'm hosting my first ever seminar um never done a seminar before so big big new things in 2022 so just like brian shaw i am super excited um so this is (laughs) so this is at the top strength project um in Pawtucket, rhode island so this is gonna be january 23rd at 10 a.m which is a sunday um, but going over uh, pressing theories, I'm going to go with the strict press, the jerks, push press. Um, we're going to talk about like ample specific um, tips. Um, also, and then of course, uh, tips of the trade, um, but also warm ups, comp day notes. And then we're going to do our hands on with the axle dumbbell and the log. And then we'll get into the tsunami bar if we have some time. But it's going to be roughly about two and a half, three hours. So, um, yeah, hope, hopefully you guys are interested in coming down, especially you guys from Southern Mass, Rhode Island, and some parts of Connecticut. So, um, yeah, everyone in New England, take take advantage of this. Yeah, so this is sounds so, like a really good. Yes, New England, come to me. So, uh, message C trip or a strip cam on Instagram if you're interested, and of course I'll be posting more about it um, as the days come. Um, but, are you going to be doing? Are you going to be doing like a keg throwing, sandbag throwing part? Uh, you know, I said overhead. Um, what did well, I it's over, it goes overhead. I said overhead. I said press. I said overhead seminar. It goes okay. overhead, right? All right. Well, it's supposed to go overhead. All right, this interview is over here. Tyson's coming soon. <laughs> no, you know, I, I gotta figure. You know, I gotta figure that out. I was, I was talking. I've been talking to a few people. I have a, I have a keg in my car right now, um, but I think I can figure it out by the time I have. I'm gonna have a little more time, um, not to make excuses, but I like to kind of make excuses when I win. But um, <laughs> I think um, I could have had, done a little more time um, throwing. So I think that's where if spending more time, more hours. More here's my here's my tip here's my Ooh, tip awesome i want tips muscle snatches man you know i just talked about dan dan he was about that he was like we talked uh, talk about like about, about like muscle cleans to a strike was like no i think the snatch is like more it gets gear that well, so that's what that's what i had dan i've had dan and justin do for the longest time that's what i've done for the i've always done muscle snatches and i really think they translate very like that you they're the best you can do for throwing without actually throwing and you can actually overload right because you can use a lot more than a bag would weigh um whether it's one arm dumbbell, one arm. Remember, I used to do the one arm barbell all the time. Um, two arm. I really think if you start rotating those in, I think it's really you're really going to see a, a, a uptick in your ability to throw. All right. What's your best muscle snatch? Uh, two ninety five. All right. There's the goal. There's the goal. Uh, Tyson is uh, in the green room. We're gonna t- take a quick pause and then we're gonna bring him on. So one moment, my our friends. Hello, guys. So we have Tyson with us. Um, Tyson, thank you for coming on. Um, so for you guys that don't know uh, Tyson. Um, shame Tyson, on you. If you don't know him, shame on Shame, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> 2019, he was SEL's world champion, um, three-time Australian strongest man, 105 kilo, um, the Arnold 105 kilo winner. 
um, in Australia as well. And then also great notable opponent finishes at OSG and also off Miss Strongman. And then if you haven't checked it out, he also has one of the coolest mega gyms, uh, Strong Geelong. So, of course, check out that gym. Uh, but Tyson, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, pleasure, man. Excited to be here. Yeah, very happy to have you, man. You know, it's uh, it's it's great that we can connect, you know, after all these years, you know, not been able to travel and, you know, just missing out, not seeing each yeah, other for so long. Tell me about it, dude. I feel like I miss out every time. I watch you guys competing and like camping over in like Russia. And I was like, oh. You, you, almost, you, almost, made it, you almost made it to that show, right? Uh, I wanted to. Like I wanted to come to OSG this year as well, but we just can't travel. It's just too much of a pain from here pretty much. Like, yeah. Australia is still on reasonable international lockdown. So we, we're only allowed to just start to travel into state. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everyone, like everyone here in America, like is losing their minds because, uh, for whatever reason, but we're allowed to do whatever we want still. Like, there's no oh, restrictions. Yeah, like, <laughs> Lee and I, so Lee uh, Strengthen, who coaches for like my online business, uh, we were talking about maybe we just move over to the states for like three to four months so we can start traveling internationally and compete and just like compete over in the states instead. We're like, if we move, it'll be fine. We'll just wait for COVID to blow over here and then we'll just come back. Yeah, there you go. Always have a home in Australia, right? (laughs) Yeah, but like you go to the store here and someone's like, could you please wear a mask? And they're like, no, my freedom. And you guys aren't even allowed out of your houses and shit. (laughs) Where would you go in the United States if you could go like anywhere? Uh, I mean, I like, I've been over there a few times and I really like California. So probably over there because it's the sun on the beach. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like home. I live like near the surf coast. Um, So I'd be all about getting down to California. Easy transition. Yeah, it's easy yeah transition. 100%. Bit of sunshine, uh, sunshine bit of uh, sand. Yeah, that's all right. That's smart. I'd do that. I would, yeah. Yeah, if I were you, I would move to the U.S. Virgin Islands. <laughs> yeah, all that. yeah, 100%. Strongman gyms? Uh, you got to make your yeah. own strongman gym. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> a few coconuts, coconuts to a barbell. In yeah, one of those outdoor, like, ghetto gyms. Yeah, like they have in uh, Mexico. <laughs> palm trees, that? yeah. Palm cool. tree fingers. Just set. I, I dig it. So, so, all right, I'm going to get into this because I actually have questions written down. I, I was giving Cammy shit, but I actually, yeah. <laughs> so for everyone that doesn't know, um, you had a hell of a season in 2018, 2019. So yeah. end of 2018, you came to OSG. Yeah. Um, you perform like, you perform like great. It was a great performance. Just yeah. there happened to be someone there that year. That was just a little, um, touchable would be the way. Derek Cox. Five events for five is not a bad effort. It's reasonable. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. You know, it was one of those. Things. <laughs> I, well, I tell people all the time. All it was was I had that weekend. Everyone gets. It's rare, yeah. but it happens where you're just on. Yeah. All right, here, oh. Anthony. Pause really quickly. Uh, Tyson, were you for coming from Australia to Raleigh, North Carolina? Was that exhausting travel, or was? And I know you came like a week early too. Yeah, I mean, I came a week early because I didn't want to water load and cut on the um, plane because it sucks. Yeah. Um, uh no look it's not too bad i've just done it a few times like even by then like i did the arnold's a couple of years before that and i've done a little bit of trouble and stuff like I, uh before that i've been i've done to, uh went to finland uh the season beforehand um which was exhausting that was really long um i did the china comp where you fly over you catch two planes and you jump on a 12-hour bus ride through the mountains so wow. i've done a fair i've done a fair bit of traveling and competing by then anyway so i was kind of used to it cool yeah. Well, so what, where I was going with that for can be rudely interrupted me. <laughs> that, that's, um, that's what I'm going to do, Anthony, since you're leading the questions. So, <laughs> so that season, though, after that, you know, after OSG, you kind of went on a tear that year. I mean, you were hitting all the major comps yeah. and really just showing out all over the world. It yeah. was, you know, you were ping ponging around. Yeah. How the hell did you do that? Like, that's really it's it's a rarity. You don't see that a lot in our, our weight class. One, because we're all poor. Yeah. And two, it's just hard to do cut weight that many times and be able to perform the high levels. Yeah. So like you had a great season. How'd you, how'd you manage that? Um, I guess like I was fortunate in terms of, uh, I sit pretty close to the weight class anyway. Like, I mean, at the moment I'm well under the weight class, but usually like I would sort of, if I'm training and competing, I'd probably sit 108, maybe 110. So it's not really that much of a water cut for me. Um, just depending on what comps and like, you know, if it's a more static comp, I might try to eat up a little bit for like 110, um, just so my static strength is up. But usually, like, I, I feel pretty fit and healthy. I stay together really well at about that 108. So the water cutting wasn't too bad. Um, uh, obviously, having 
my primary income is like obviously I'm a gym and I'm a coach and I'm a PT, but I've also got the online business. So I've kind of got um, remote income, which makes it easy to travel. Yeah. And that actually came about from competing. So the first time, the first two times I went overseas, I was a PT and I ran a gym, which didn't make any money. So I'd come back and I'd uh, be chasing my tail. I'd travel and I'd basically empty my bank account, not take sessions for two weeks and then come back and have to like get into it and try to make money. I was like, well, this doesn't fucking work if I want to compete internationally, does it? Um, So that's what kind of started the strongman way in the online company. Um, But I just sort of thought I'd go hard for 12 because I knew the business was coming. I knew we were changing venues. So the gym was in a small warehouse and I knew we were going to, start to look at like getting a bigger warehouse and transitioning into a bigger business. So I kind of knew that, I mean, COVID happened anyway, so I was forced into it like everyone, but I, I knew that the year ahead or the next year, the priorities were going to shift and I wasn't going to be able to travel and I was going to have to spend 12 months kind of setting up the business and um, I guess making that transition, but also making sure I'm setting it up for success. A lot of um, to, to go, to go, a lot of urgency to compete. Yeah. But like it's, it's really hard to run a business or be a coach and be a competitive athlete. You kind of know that uh, if you want to be the best, like you two know, like it takes a lot of energy time and like uh, just like cognitive capacity too. Like if you have to think about it, you have to make sure you're recovering. It takes, it's time intensive. It's a sport that kind of is a 24 seven job. Um, so I knew that I was going to be able to do that the year after, which meant that I had 12 months or like 18 months to go hard and um, make sure I stamp my name in there a little bit. Uh, so when I come back and stuff, it's easy to get invites and all that kind of thing. But I knew that that was kind of a year that I could push pretty hard. I think I did 12 comps in that, um, like 12 months. Or like It was a lot. I, yeah, you were just all the time competing. Yeah, I, was, so like, I was supposed to come compete with you. I think it was the ultimate straw man one. Yeah, that year. But then I, I caught an Arnold invite to uh, South Africa. Yeah. And I kind of yeah, chose yeah. that. And I was like, uh, it, it hurt, but like, yeah, because yeah, I remember that. I was like, Dan, Tyson's just over there, and he's like fucking taking yeah. second all over the goddamn just world. A, some context for our viewers. So this is all in 2019. So this was the first was like the ultimate Grand Prix in, in Prague in Czech Republic. Then you yeah. had, you did like another ultimate strongman in, um, in Kiev, uh, Ukraine, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you finished up the year at S, like the big ones uh, in yeah. SEL, um, India, correct? So I did three over in Europe. Uh, I did the team one as well. Oh, I was a uh, designated Czech Republican. <laughs> um, I did India SEL. I did Australia's Strongest Man, the heavyweights. I did um, Arnold's earlier that year. Um, I did some like local shows. I obviously did OSG in the December beforehand. I did a sprint triathlon. I did an adventure. Yes. Yeah, so I did 12 strength and three endurance or like three cardio-based events. That's, that's something you've always really been good at or just inherently I've, i noticed you've always been very fit like you were talking about yeah. and like you're able to do that stuff while being one of the strongest men on the planet because that's really that's what, what you were i mean especially at that time you were really one of the strongest men on the yeah. planet and you were still doing this awesome like because i was a big fan of that because i used to do crossfit on the side yeah, the yeah i love it man it's fun it's yeah. different yeah for sure and it like i just feel like it keeps me um like having that diversity like a strong man's I, the reason why I love strongman, like if I was doing powerlifting, I couldn't do that. It's like such an objective total sport where like every kilo matters. Where our sport's so fluid, where there's like moving events and there is a fitness capacity and endurance capacity and stuff like that. Like there's a little more freedom in terms of what you can do outside of the sport as well. Everyone always goes, why don't you just put some weight on and do heavyweights over here and like really give Australia's Strongest Man a good crack? And I was like, well, because I like doing a whole lot of other shit that I can't do if I'm 120 kilos, right? Like it's real hard to surf or slack line if you're 120 kilos. So It is. It changes. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Especially our, our, our body <laughs> type. Yeah. So... 2019 that was the year i i remember weren't you pulling like a max deadlift like it was well over 800 and you were standing on your own strap <laughs> yeah and you and you <laughs> and you like stopped and then still pulled it afterwards yeah that's correct <laughs> like you, you did an isometric pull for a little bit you like you yeah, I pulled it and i got to like mid chin of my strap like pulled it back down i was standing on the straps so i had to like so like put it back down and pull it again on the second rep. Yeah, and you still won the half. event, right? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I've had some bad luck with straps. I think uh, the first time I pulled the 380 was 2018, just before I came over to OSG. Because no one knew who I was. And then suddenly I pulled 380 and I came over to OSG and everyone was like, aren't you that Australian guy who pulled 380? <laughs> um, 
And that was like, that was like how people knew me. But like that time I strapped. Broken I think I came up to you and said that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was on my, on my second attempt, it was like a 365 or something like that. So 800 pounds and um, my strap broke. So I had to pull it again so I could keep going up. So I, was, I had some bad luck. I think I, yeah. my strap broke on that 400 um, in Ukraine as well. So. Yeah, I, I remember that video. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually going to be having a crack at it here coming up. I think I'm going to take a run at it. Yeah, it's the only thing I could do now with my knee. I could pretty much only deadlift. So you're, you're going to cut down, right? You're not just going to deadlift. No, so I, I no, I walk around. I walk around about two fifty five right now, so it's not too bad. Okay, all right. Um, so I think I might give it the one hundred five record. I'm going to try to do it without a suit too. Yeah, see, I'm a little bad at it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but Tyson uh, or Anthony, I actually had a similar question off of that. So of course, like during that run, like 2018, 2019, like so you competed with guys like Anthony. Uh, yep. Yeri, uh, Maris, uh, Kavilis, uh, uh, yeah. of Lafia. Um, yeah. I think a bunch of that, uh, Akbar, uh, Taleshi of Iran. Yeah. And then of course you have like Yevgeny, Yevgeny, uh, Gavrilenko of Russia. So yeah, sorry, I butchered all most of them. You are names. bad at this. <sighs> I'm working okay. on names, man. It's, you know, last names have never been easy. I can do a lot of Chinese last names and Indian last names. It's, it, that's, it's, that's better skill. Anyway, uh, so you competed all those against those guys. Who were you yeah. like most impressed with, or who do you think is is going to be potentially like the world champ to look out for in that group? Maris is really good. That's, I've heard I've heard he's, a lot of good things about him. He's quick and he's strong. Yeah, he's like he he's not a deadlifter yet. Was like fourth in the deadlift championship. He moved in the medley super quick. Um, his static strength is excellent like his overhead strength is excellent and he just competes really well you know it's different between being strong and like being a competitor and he just like he was so composed um, the whole time through and he's young you know like uh, I think that's a funny thing like over in the states because like a lot of those eastern block guys don't travel over you know what I mean it's super expensive for them um, that was probably the coolest thing doing like OSG SCL and um, the Ultimate Strongman series is I got like I got, you know, there's a lot of the rating guys won't come, obviously, come to America and stuff, right? So you see those guys and you see a bunch of the other, like, um, I guess, like, Euro block countries kind of, like, come over to, like, SEL. Yeah. Finnish guys, Scandinavian belt um, guys. And then you've got, like, OSG, which is, like, predominantly, like, there's a lot of Americans there, you know? Like, it's very, like, concentrated. And then a, a handful of others that can make it over. But America's expensive to travel to for a lot of countries. Um, and it's far away, like for us as well. Yeah. Um, so doing like all three, I got like a really good look at sort of like everybody. And um, there were some really good guys, like those Latvia guys and um, some of those Eastern Bloc guys, just like super strong. Um, the States, like the strongman in the States is huge, but I think definitely Mars is like one of the best competitors. How would you fared against Anthony at OSG 2018? Hard to say. It's a long time ago. He would have been like 12, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no nah, look with those events and stuff like that i still think that like um in 2018 anthony was still probably a cut above the rest for sure i that's that's i fully i'm fully confident that that year there's i'm not a person on this earth that could have beat me <laughs> when it, like, whenever I, 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 you could have taken you could have taken anybody across 105 history and put them that against that comp and i think i would it whenever was just... whenever your event is a medley anthony dominates <laughs> <laughs> Every event was a medley of sorts. What? Oh every, shit! Yeah, what's every was event a it was it was a medley. I, I am very good at medley. Why was <laughs> that's you love medley, you love medleys and you're the king. Of, that's why it clashed. But uh, Anthony, uh, go on. Sorry to uh, no, no, it's all right. So talk about, talking about clash. All these last names. <laughs> no, no, no. So talking about clash, I've had a hell of a time getting international participation mm. um, for my international qualifiers. I was actually very disappointed with the. Um, I had 19 people submit videos. Yeah. Um, and I understand the travel is a big thing. So I, I am, yeah. I am very, very aware. Um, and I do hope to be in a position where I can offset that as best I can in the future. Yeah. Sure. But I do feel from my conversations, I do feel that outside of the States, there does seem to be a sense of entitlement where they don't want to qualify for shows. They want to be invited. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess as well, like if you're going to be vying for a world's strongest title, you spend the money. Do you know what I mean? For an invitational, it's, it's hard to like justify the money if there's no title yeah. per se attached versus just like an invitational comp, I guess, would be probably a big one as well. Um, 
Do you think it would be draw some more in if there was guaranteed money for like 10 spots instead of? Yeah, I, I'm sure it would. Like I'm sure depending on like, the money and stuff like that, it probably would, but it's a hard one to say. Do you know what I mean? It really depends on like the, like, a person's motivation. I think yeah. if you're in Spider-Man as well, money helps. Like none of us have done it for money for a long time. So Damn it! It's gonna change. We're you know gonna change that though. We're changing That's that. The hard thing. Like everyone complains about the money side of things. Like, like you know, there's no money in the sport and stuff, but they'll still drop 5k of their own money to go compete for a world's strongest man title that pays you 500 dollars if you win it. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're lucky. Not, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, like money's a great incentive for sure. And like some people probably would for the money, right? But like I yeah. think a lot of it, it's. It's you're traveling to reach the pinnacle of your sport. Um, you know, like even like I wouldn't travel over to Czech Republic just to do the Invitational, but because that was there and the World Deadlift Championships and like Ultimate Strongman World were there. Yeah, let's lump them all together, right? Yeah. Travel over just for an Invitational comp would be like pretty hard to justify, I think. That's a good point. You know, and one, and one thing I do hope to do with Clash in the future, the cool thing about it is called Clash on the Coast. So all I need is yeah. a coast. So yeah. if I could, if I could host it in Europe sometime, I, I would yeah, be more than willing to fi- you know, figure that out. That's the beauty you of that. What? If it was prize money and it was, if we're talking about European coast to me, like being in Santorini and lifting weights. Yeah. I'd probably travel for that for the holiday. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hold the, hold that bitch in Barcelona. Like yeah. the thing about competing overseas is like, you always take a holiday afterwards. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so how did you get into the sport? You know, you, you, you obviously you're very well versed. You've traveled a lot. You compete a lot. How long have you been doing it? And like, what got you into it? Started in 2014. So yeah, like what, seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm 29. So I was 20, 21 when I started. Uh, I was like, I started in the gym at like 15, 16, just like for bodybuilding, wanted to be a bodybuilder, trained for, but had bodybuilding coaches and stuff like that. Started strength sports. Um, just started powerlifting. When I was sort of like 20, um, got into it. I was like a strong bodybuilding like trainer. Um, like I always had that intensity thing about me, like kind of inherently. Um, like I had the pride that like no one would keep up with me on a leg day. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, um, power builder. Yeah, power building always. You know, right? Like Lane Norton fat training was like yeah. 100%, like bodybuilding forums 100%. Um, and then so I transitioned to powerlifting and then I was pretty good. Like I was a good powerlifter for like a young kid, right? Right. I did like GPA worlds, um, like Nats and all that fun stuff. Won like junior Nats and took some like junior records in Australia. Not that the standards were huge then, not like they are now. And then um, I didn't know what strongman was, to be honest. Uh, my my business partner at the time was like, hey, have you thought about doing strongman? And I was like, strongman is like the, the stones and like the, like how I still explain to people, like the truck pulling and stuff, ESPN, like world's strongest man. And I was like, oh, yeah. And we started like Googling stuff. And I was looking at like Derek Poundstone. And I was like, fuck, like, I want to look like him. Like, he's- <laughs> That's a power builder right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't watch, you didn't watch uh, World's Strongest Man uh, when you were growing up? Not really, not, not really as big thing here. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, ESPN isn't a big channel here. Like, it wasn't really, I don't remember it being like a huge thing when I was growing up. I remember seeing a little, little bits and pieces of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, where I was, like where I lived, there wasn't really anywhere to train strongman. So I was like using commercial gyms and stuff. And then there was a, a gym that sort of had some strongman stuff like 40 minutes away. So I'd go out there and sat down and do the strongman Saturday. I went to sign up for a comp, did the novice comp and then smoked it. And then I was like, oh, oh you're man. one of them. You're one of them. <laughs> yeah. Won that <laughs> because I won it. I was like, I kind of like this, right? <laughs> this is- <laughs> um and then uh i just like went in full tilt like that was the year so i started that and then by the end of the year i was like qualified for arnold's and did my first like arnold's kind of thing the year after oh nice man I, you know i like that because that's almost like a unique story you know most people we talk to they're like yo i saw watch it growing up and blah 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 and you're just like i had no fucking clue but it, it looked fun and Derek yeah. poundstone had traps <laughs> and yeah, I'm like just i like the like i like pallets and i like the strength but um uh my training like i loved amraps and that sort of stuff like i like going balls to the wall like grit you know and then i was like okay this sport just says grab that sandbag and run it to you can't stand anymore yeah i was like oh that's me <laughs> that says me 100 yeah that fits yeah and then, that's um, awesome yeah and then winning like obviously being good at something like i sort of fell into it and then was good at it and then just kind of kept rolling with it. It's easy. You know, when I started too, I, I was, I was fairly success, successful when I started mm. and I was just like, Oh, 
oh, I finally found my calling. Ha ha. Yeah, you, know? you get that positive feedback and you're yeah. like, okay, sick. I can do this. <laughs> Everyone loves that. You love feeling good. You know, it's... Oh, I just love a trophy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, what is your favorite moment of your career? What's your favorite accomplishment, favorite lift, favorite time in your career? Oh, um, I really liked coming weirdly like third at Ultimate Strongman. Uh, just because I don't know whether it would be my favorite, like because I just felt like I competed really well, and there was a lot of guys that I looked up to for a long time that didn't make it on the podium, and I did. Um, and I feel like I, I had a great day. I couldn't have done too much better on any of those events, and I came third, and that's fine because I competed well. Um, probably the first Arnold that I really won, like um, Yuri uh, Chadwick was ahead of me, um, and uh, like by one point. And I had to win the stone run to beat him. And I did, because um, it was stones. Wow. You, know, uh, <laughs> you got to love that. That's, you know, that's one of those things, like, it's like, you know, it, it, you have to do it, and then you fucking mm. do it. And Yuri's no slouch yeah. either. He's, he's, he's no slouch. He's always in, he's always in it to win it. He, no, every like, con- every contest, he's there to win. Yeah, so I just come back from Arnold's, where I bombed. I dropped the yoke. Um, I, was doing, I was doing quite well, and then I dropped the yoke, which is, like, one of my best events. And it cost me, it was like, it was so light. It was like 320. So I was like, all right, let's take off, right? And I dropped it and it slid. So it cost me like quite a few seconds. And in such a tight group, it was like a 14th place in an event that when I would usually come first or second, uh, um, which really just like dropped me so far down. And Yuri came fourth or something like that at the Arnold's that year, right? And then two weeks later, we competed in Melbourne. And uh, like I was sick. I got a cold after being on the plane. I felt like shit. I was taking like cold and flu. Started off and I dropped the yoke again. I was like, oh no, this is in my head now. And so I was behind for the first three events and then started chasing him back and then ended up beating him. So I reckon that would probably be my favorite, like, because that was the first, like, outright Arnold's that I'd won. And I'd beaten Yuri, who, like, obviously came forth at, like, it was like redemption, right? Like, I feel like I bombed at the Arnold's, like, flying over to America and just, like, just bombed it. And that year, and that year was when you beat Yuri? That was 2017? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 2016, nice. 2017. So what I took from that is winners go home knowing they gave their all and they're okay with that. Oh, I don't mind. Like I've, I've done an Arnold's like the last Arnold's I did. I feel like I didn't compete very well. I won by 22 points. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot. Yeah. Like there's a lot. And, and, but I didn't feel like I competed very well and it wasn't, it wasn't like good. Like I, I won and I was like, eh, like I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done this. Like I didn't really deserve to like have that outcome where like coming third at like the ultimate strongman, like I felt fucking amazing doing that because I had given everything I competed super well. And then same with um, the time that I beat you. But I think that Arnold's probably like my favorite. Probably yeah, there's time. something to be said about like just having a task and no yeah. room for error and you have to execute and you do it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, for sure. yeah, that's definitely, it's like a, it's like a high, natural high, you know? It's yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. So speaking of Australian stuff though, mm. you guys got a middleweight, kind of series going on in australia now yeah super that's, king. It's, it's 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 its own thing now it's kind of taking the life of its own where it's just middleweights men and women right thank you very much for starting it i will not start i mean like when you go overseas obviously like the 105 comps have been a big thing everywhere else right yeah um yeah but obviously mason taking the lead from like what you're doing and stuff we have a middleweight series so 90s 105 73 oh I'm, I'm very humbled to hear that i mean it's i love i mean uh, my whole goal with this, I've been loud as shit for years talking about middleweights and 105s for a reason because yeah. I truly believe, you know, in the mission. It's entertaining. Since, and since a 2017, he's, he's been preaching this nonsense. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the hard thing. Like, as a 105 athlete, people, other categories don't know this. But as a 105 athlete, I go over to anywhere else. I go over to Finland and they give us dinner. I go over to, like, the Ukraine where our hotel's paid for. They take us out for lunch and dinner and take us to breakfast every day. We get prize money and we don't have to shit. Like we're not, we're not competing with everyone else. We have this 16 of us or 30 of us, if it's a world or something like that. And it's about like, it's your show. And yep. you're not, you're not like, it's like the heavyweights don't come in. You're like, Oh, sorry. We're just going to uh, have you actually wait and wait another half an hour and keep warming up because we're going to put the heavyweights on first. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't get sidelined, like you're the show. And it's just a different experience from a competitive, competitive point of view, which is so nice. And then you come back to your normal comps, you don't get it. But also like, there's a reason what like 105s, like, or like middleweights, like it's, they're so impressive in their own right. 
Do you know what I mean? The competitive, the competitiveness is so fierce. And it's great for spectators to be able to watch that. So it's good to see that it's finally happening. But yes, we do have our middleweight series coming up. We have four comps um, for the year to crown basically like a, a, a point system to sort of crown like the best middleweights. In I love it. That's very exciting. That's so cool. I actually need to talk with him and see if I can maybe turn that into a clash qualifier too. Yeah. Well, like yeah. inviting the winner, you know what or I mean? Winner, like, yeah, for sure. Like the top three from like the yeah. uh, middleweight series get a clash um, invite for the next year or something like that. I'm going to make that a note. But Tyson, who are some other notable 105 kilos um, in Australia? Um, it's hard. Like, like Ram Juice, who's obviously got that 205 stone, is really good. Um, at the moment, there's probably like in terms of like international, like our 90s are really, really competitive. But if yeah. it was, if you're like, cool, let's talk about notable 105s, I'm going to get fucking flame for this hey it's um, right <laughs> well no and it's been a couple of years right you don't really know it's been a couple of years i don't know yeah this I mean, i'm super curious because like i haven't seen a list for the 105s but um i'm super curious because it's been like two years since we've done comps so i haven't seen anyone compete i don't know who's coming up through yeah through the ranks like the last and like even like the year before that like i was competing overseas all the time yeah i wasn't competing like i haven't competed that much in australia for a while so um, I'm really curious to see. But, I mean, like, there's some really good 105s, but, like, our 90s and our middleweight competitors are probably way more competitive. Like, there's a, there's a depth of field there where I think the 105s historically here haven't had, besides the first couple of years, like, I look at Arnold's photos and there's me still competing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one yeah, else. You've, yeah, you've, everyone kind of fell off, but, you're, you know, you yeah. kept going. Yeah, you know, it's, a new, it's a new crop, right? Yeah, 100%. So it's a new crop coming through. So I'm really curious to see who so, is going to be competitive or be, be able to be competitive overseas is kind of my metric, right? Like you can be good, but are you good enough that I think you would represent overseas? Reasonably? Right. So I'm actually looking at, I'm talking, you know, Carl Sherry? Yeah, Carl's great. I'm actually talking with him about hosting a clash um, regional qualifier in Australia next year. Yeah. Like its own special show. Cool. Yeah. Because um, I, wa- I was going to do one with Mason, but then the middleweight series happened and yeah, he was like, cool. He's like, hey man, like I, lo- I love you know, I love you, but this is a lot. And I was like, hey, I get it. <laughs> oh, dude, that guy has so much on his plate, and some of his yeah. companies coming up are outrageous. They look awesome. I love the equipment he does. He has great ideas. He's a great yeah. ambassador for the sport. Yeah. I was, I was upset just because I wanted to work with him so bad. I was like, no, dude, we've got one coming up next year, which is like a team comp, and it's uh, out in a crater in the desert, like Mad Max theme. That's... And every team, brings, every team gets to like bring in like a war rig, so you have to like oh. drive in. That's amazing. Like it's... I love corny stuff like that. Like it's my favorite thing. Like yeah, and you camp, <laughs> so you go out there, you compete. The, all the uh, all the spectators come out, and like you camp out there and stuff like like that. Coachella, but in Australia, yeah, <laughs> in a crater in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that sounds so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. You've got very cool ideas, man. David, forward thinker. So. All right, so that covers a lot a lot of the questions I had. Now I'm going to kind of get into little abstract questions. Yeah, that's right. How do you like your shrimp? Shrimp. We don't eat shrimp here. Do you like it on the Barbie? A prawn. <laughs> I said no Australian jokes. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, There's no, no about it. He <laughs> didn't even see it coming. Uh, Watermelon. <laughs> Island shrimp, bubble gum shrimp. It's probably my favorite. <laughs> All right. Um, who Anthony. or what? Who or what ate your baby? A dingo. Definitely. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, Nick. Crocodile, dingo. You know what? That's, that's a very sensitive story. That actually happened. All right. So, <laughs> and they still haven't recovered from that day. That hurt so, our nation. Just keep bringing it up. All right. <laughs> nation sensitive topic. <laughs> I could I could put him on mute for a little bit, Tyson, if you just mean you is, want to talk. Is this a, is this a knife or is this a knife? Is that is that what's coming <laughs> up? That, that's yeah. the whole knife. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see I didn't even bring up Crocodile Dundee. He did. That wasn't even yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sure I got a hat. All right, man. proceed, Anthony. All right. No, I'm done. That was it. <laughs> Those are all my questions. Two questions. All right. So my, my turn. Awesome. Hello, Tyson. Good to see you. <laughs> uh tyson uh speediest deadlifts i've seen um i think we've talked in the past i messaged you you said a lot of it comes down to programming and like doing speed deadlifts but if you want to talk about what, what it takes to have a really speedy deadlift like yours um intent and purpose you know like how you approach your warm-ups you know like i think that people sort of 
spend a lot of time in the warmth and they, they think slow, right? Like you approach the bar and you're like, you're warming up. So they don't put the same intent and purpose. And then they expect to be able to hit another gear when it's time to break for create acceleration and drive a heavy deadlift, right? Um, I, from the get-go, like from with 60 kilos, so whatever that is in freedom units. 70, 132. 70 alligators. Um, uh, <laughs> look, from the get-go, like I just... I, yes, I do a lot of speed work and like I'm a big fan of Josh Bryant talking about like compensatory acceleration training and stuff. So like using like high sets, low reps, speeds at like um, a percentage that allows you to move the weights quickly. Um, but for the most part, I think like even if you don't do that, your warm-ups should be quick. Your your intent and the purpose that you approach your first set really sets up your top sets for excess. And when you're breaking inertia or a deadlift where you don't have that stretch shortening phase, you don't get the ability to like load eccentrically and then drive your ability to drive or create force to the fore, like your RFD, rate of force development, is so imperative. So being able to train that or put purpose behind your warm-ups for something like that is really important. I agree. I used to um, actually time my warm-ups. I'd film them, and I would yeah. try and time my li- time my yeah. lifts, and I would try to keep them all within a certain, yeah. no matter what, 135 yeah. to six, 700 pounds, I was trying to keep them in the same speed. 100%. And like I know, like if I've got watch a video where I can feel it, I know that like in my warm ups, if they're a little bit slower, then it's, it's probably not the day to like put on that extra 10 kilos I get carried away with. It's like that yep. feels a little bit slower. That's a little bit slow on the video. My, my force isn't there. Like right? I don't have the speed there today, right? And it's a very good metric to be able to, or like even subjective metric to be able to like judge where you're at on the day versus like in terms of like RP, choosing RPE. Yeah. So. so for me, another thing I always was for speed. Because I'm pretty fast. I was always fast off the floor, too. That's kind of Were you waiting, Anthony? Were you super fast? Were you the flash? Anyways, so <laughs> what I always told people was don't be afraid of high hips. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some people, they sit too deep in their deadlifts. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're not getting the come over the bar and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because like, everyone gets afraid. You know, they're taught to not, you know, have your hips high, but like. Yeah, it's like, um, what do you guys have, like, NAC strength or, like, the like your general, like, fitness cert three, four, like, personal trainer thing, which is, like... Yeah, we got tons of that shit. You back out, squat down. It's, like, that's not how you deadlift. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, don't go in a commercial gym, get a normal personal trainer to keep, teach you how to deadlift if you want to have a good deadlift. Yep. Um, you know, like, more tension to the hamstrings, like, load your posterior chain because your body's going to find, like, that that position where it's mechanically, like, advantageous for you to pull anyway, right? which is going to be the high hip position and shoulders kind of sort of in line over the bar, which is why people sit their shoulders behind the bar, sit their shoulders behind the bar and sit their hips back and down. And then you just see them do like rock over the bar. Oh, cool. Now we're in a position to pull the weight and then it comes up, right? But you waste all this energy in terms of trying to like push mm-hmm. through and create like that, that like ease of break in terms of the bar coming off the floor. You lost it. You're leaking power. Yep. This, Hey, we need to make sure you trim this clip. And this is what we use to promote yeah. this. This is some very good deadlift stuff right here. <laughs> uh, Tyson, when, when's your last big pull before our contest? Do you do like two weeks out, 10 days out, if you had like a nice six or 12-week training period mm-hmm. leading up to a yeah, competition? Yeah, probably more now. Yeah, like 10 days or something like that, maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, then I might do like some tapering deadlifts the week before. Um, historically, before that, I probably would have pulled straight up for the comp. Uh, I feel like I've got pretty good recovery. But now, even like in the programming and stuff, depending on the style of like a uh, program that I'm doing with my deadlift, I might pull heavy every second week, or I might do like a conservative, like RP eight one week and then build up. And like the next week would be like an RP nine or 10, depending on like what the deadlift is or the requirement of the program. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, I'm um, speaking of tips for like lifts and stuff. Tyson, do you have any tips for throwing kegs or sandbags? Damn it. That was my next question, Anthony, get your own quest set of questions. All right. That was literally my next question. Hey, Tyson, this is totally not for me. Do you have any ke- throw suggestions from keg throwing? Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for ruining my podcast. <laughs> it's our yeah. podcast. You yeah, fucking well- insensitive jerk. <laughs> Sorry, our podcast. He wins, yeah. he wins one world title and he thinks he's, <laughs> he's got two. He trumps you every day of the week. Yeah. I can't hear you. Both my ears are covered uh, with world titles. Sorry, yeah. I, I thought I heard you say my podcast, but I have two <laughs> world titles. You've got one. Uh, <laughs> Anthony's podcast sponsored by Anthony. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Tyson, what, what's your throwing tips? Yeah, it's interesting because this has come up even since OSG. Like, I've never done an event, I've done like one event where there was a throw. And then since OSG, it seems to be like since Cerberus came out with the bags, then Rogue copied or Rogue would vice versa. 
probably sensitive topic. And now everyone's doing throw bads, right? So now they're coming up in events so much more. The big ones that I see people make the mistakes on is like, like swinging at 30 times. You don't need to swing at 10 times. You just need to like come through the legs and hit it. Um, like feet too wide. You can't like, it's like, like you don't need a sumo stance because you're not gonna be able to generate force with your feet out here. Like, nor like I think if I, I stand here and try to throw and I'm trying to create height, I'm shorter, right? Oh, we're getting a demo. I love as long it. As you need to. This is uh, um, the winner circle first. We never had a demo before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> the other thing is like arms long. Yeah. Like, like the other thing is like people do these things where like they, they throw here as opposed to keeping tension on the bag, like swing through and hit triple extension and then hit it. They create like slack in the bag when you're swinging, when you keep, when you're swinging, you need to keep your arms longer or keep tension on the bag and the handle. So like if, the, if there's slack in the bag, you're not going to be able to rip through and rip up and create triple extension. The other, and like lastly, like triple extent, right? Like, like driving to your toes, drive upwards and push your hips through and then release, right? They're probably the big ones. Like, I'm going to give you a plug for everyone watching the straw man way right here. Instagram. He's a great coach. He knows what he's doing. Obviously. <laughs> Apparently I've been doing a lot. Yeah. Go, go, go follow him. He does coaching all across the world, online remote coaching. If you need him, this man knows what he's doing here and he can, uh, he can communicate it. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. coaching, right? Tyson, do you have any accessory lifts that you like for throwing? Um, throwing. More throwing, so more throwing. Yeah, we, we do some like um like compound training in terms of like we do like heavy kettlebell swings into throws. Um, so like we might do like heavy kettlebell swings and then just do like lighter throws. Um, so we'll do like like 32, 40 kilo uh kettlebell swings for like eight to ten, and then we'll do like two or three throws over a high bat a high beam with like a light bag afterwards. Um, uh, I really like doing that sort of style, especially in the early phases and then transitioning back into like, just like playing throws. Um, we do like, depending on in our off seasons, if we're just trying to like rotate through and keep fit and strong, we do like a lot of like semi conjugate, not really, but like we'll do two power days, two strength days. And like in our power days, we'll do like dead ball throws to a, um, to a wall or we'll do like overhead, um, like dead ball throws or like, push press throws and stuff like that just like speed or power work but honestly i think just like throwing is like it's like deadlifting do you have any the best accessories for deadlifting is just deadlift more the best accessories for throwing is like throw more do different variations of those like focus on like triple extension like i like volley lifts but the skill-based component makes it really hard especially strong men tend to be shit at doing them anyway um so yeah like power cleans are fantastic to uh, teach triple extensions or like um like power shrugs and stuff like that to like drive upwards and create triple extension but a lot of us are bad at it because we're not all lifters right so we probably don't execute it to the to the extent that it needs to be executed to be able to translate better to throw. So I think that like open chain movements versus um, like ollie lifts, for example, are better because you can create more force. You don't have to worry about the technical element and you can follow through, right? Interesting. Yeah, something I have to try because I'm very proficient in Olympic lifting, but I can't make the connection towards throwing. It's yeah, for sure. Right? And then it's slightly different, like it's open chain versus closed chain. One yeah. might say he's one of the worst I've ever seen at throwing. That's not true. That's that's not true, Anthony. Where's it where's it go wrong? What? It's you know what last last so you know, when he lets go of it, it never goes over the bar. <laughs> that's where he goes wrong. Yeah, it helps, doesn't it? <laughs> Throw light bags more till they get better and then start moving it up, right? Yeah, it's you know I got I gotta figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. I think just more volume and time. Um, uh, oh, no don't more volume, do frequency. Throws do this. They, yeah, they, like, they crash quick, man. Yeah, you get like, session. you might you might get two or three good runs on a throw and then suddenly you get frustrated and they start just like dropping down, right? Mm. Throw more regularly, like start start three of your sessions a week just with like in your warm-ups. Start, start it with some light throws over the bar and do that. So frequency versus volume because your volume, like you'll see an output decrease so quickly, but your frequency, you'll be able to like get more throws in and your total weekly volume will be accumulated throughout the mm. week, but you'll still be able to, be able to throw it properly. Write this down, Camby. I don't see writing. I, I'm gonna. Well, I'm recording the podcast, so <laughs> <Yeah>. I have <laughs> limited knowledge. All right. Thank, thank you, Tyson, for that. Um, so uh, I want to hear a little more about your SEL title um, in 2019. So traveling to India, competing, winning the contest. 
probably I've heard from other competitors, probably not the ideal uh, conditions. I know there's a lot going on in Mumbai, but yeah, t- was it Mumbai? Um, uh, Kolkata. All right. Coconut. Well, yeah, Kolkata. It- Kolkata. I always say. Kolkata. Kolkata. Oh Jesus. Kolkata. Hardly Noah. Yeah. Oh, India. <laughs> yeah. Or so in India, but, tell, but of course, tell us a little about that competition and kind of what it took to uh, win it and what you were thinking before. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I was pretty confident coming into it because the events were good um, for me. Just like I was shattered that I didn't get to come over and beat Camby this year at OSG because mm-hmm. they were good events for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether that would have been the case. To be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, like I was pretty confident coming over because um, I did like the events um, and the loads were pretty like it was a, it was event it was the end of the year of a big comp season. Um, I've done a lot of comps, obviously, like we've already talked about, but the loads were such that I felt like I've had a pretty good strength surplus there anyway. Um, like I feel like my like ability or capability on all those events were well and truly in excess of like what the actual events were. So I could execute them all pretty comfortably. Um, surprised myself on some, like the log press for reps and stuff like that. Like David Williams got like 160, 170 log. Wow. I managed to like pile with him on my worst events, right? Like I did well on my bad events or like my historically not as good events. Um, but yeah, look, we lined up for two hours to weigh in. Um, <laughs> it was like 35 degrees. Um, I didn't fly in early for that comp because I didn't really want to risk the food situation and water cutting loading over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I flew in about two days beforehand, um, or a day beforehand to compete. Um, the events changed, the equipment had changed. Um, uh, it was hot as holes out there. Um, yeah, but- it, yeah, it was it was interesting. Look, I, I actually didn't like. Like, I think they did like a reasonable job. Um, the comp actually ran pretty fine, like pretty comfortably. Um, I mean, it was never going to run that bad. Like, it didn't run too badly. You think like, you got Yoni, you've got like all the guys from SCL running it over there. Um, there was like things that happened that probably were less than ideal. But I mean, every like it's competition. It's a whole thing. If you want to like, if you want to complain about a competition where everyone's doing the same thing and ah oh, like. You know, would have done better if this. It's like, no, if you want to like lift at your gym, lift at your gym. But that's the whole thing with competition is extenuating circumstances that are out of your control for everybody. And everybody's in the same boat. So, um, look, I enjoyed it. The events were good. Um, I didn't really feel like I made too many mistakes or any mistakes at all. I think I won most of the events. Um, and, yeah, it's a great comp. Winners Enjoy adapt. It. Winners adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, like, people who don't stand on the podium bitch about it. Mm-hmm. Because, like... For whatever reason, it was like, you know, it was unfair or blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, sure. There's like elements that like aren't great and like less than ideal. But <clears throat> like you get on with the job and if you're good enough, you're probably going to come out and top either way. Yep. I agree. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, Tyson, how many competitions have you done? Uh, have you competed in since you started your strongman career? Uh, I think it lasts. Like I sort of like tried to. I don't really keep like I should have kept like note or like track of them. I think something like over the over the mark of 50. 50, wow. And that's a mixture yeah. of like a powerlifting strongman. Um, yeah. It's a, that's just strength comp. So I think it's just like a, a touch over 50 between powerlifting and um, strongman. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I've, taken, I've taken probably like after SEL Finland, I took sort of eight, nine months off um, to focus on work. I've sort of, I, I know that like with work and stuff, I get really busy and I've sort of got one track mind. So I know that like if I work really hard and I compete a fair bit, I need to take a break to like just reestablish business and like get back to a point where like I can maintain business and then focus on training. And then obviously two years now that I haven't been able to compete or I've only done one comp in the last two years in a break of COVID. Well, hopefully that's, that's going to break in uh, It's going to break. It's going to break. It's going to break. Gonna break. We're going to get him back. This can't go on forever. Comp. Damn it. Yeah, I did a heavyweight comp in January, which I did really well in and I enjoyed that. Um, but that, and that was like this like nice little window where we could kind of get something done, which was cool. If you want, Tyson, I can be a. We can file for a domestic partnership to get you over here. Yeah, I now pronounce Chuck and Larry. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, uh, what's it called? Uh, Ninety Day Fiance. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got married at first sight here. We could just roll with that. Hold on. Oh, my cord's caught. Hey, don't fall over, Anthony. I don't know if hey, you can shut up. Can you reach down there? Were you uh, two fifty-five? How's it getting? Uh, how is it getting support? All right. Hey man, That'd I was always no, I've always been around this size though. When I was <laughs> I was already like two 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 fifty. Yeah, okay. So man, I'm not I'm too like, far off. I'm like two twenty at the moment. Ooh, skinny, skinny. 
Uh, I think I was 115 kilos or 250, 253 this morning. So still. Most of that was in his beard, though. Yeah. (laughs) So, Tyson, what did you ask uh, Santa for Christmas? Oh, 400 kilo deadlifts. That'd be nice. (laughs) Um, Uh, You haven't hit 400? I thought you. No. Oh, and I, I don't want to put on a suit because I want to do it raw first. Are, are like... we doing? Are we gonna have a race to four hundred kilos? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really like. Didn't really ask Santa for too much. I kind of got like I, my uh, my partner uh, was complaining, and like my mom complained as well. I'm the most annoying person to buy for because like if I want something, I generally will just go get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, how about for the month of December if you want something, just like before you click and collect. Just like hold off and make note of it for me, would you? Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I, I'm the same, I, I get the same way sometimes. Like I'm impulse. Like I'm like I don't wait on oh, people. So impulsive, yeah, 100. Yeah. percent I have one more question for him too, Gabby. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Anthony. So world world records this year in the 105s. We have Blake's deadlift. Mm, yes. And Nicholas's log press. Yeah. Which is more impressive to you? I mean, tell the truth. Whatever, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, tell the truth. You're, you're asking a deadlifter to like choose a log, like deadlift. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's that's it. Look, I, think, that's I think, it. like, I think in general, probably like if you look at the the deadlifts, has kind of come up incrementally, and like now, four hundred kilos or over four hundred kilo pull isn't really that uh, exciting anymore because everyone's doing it. With the log press, is probably like a big chunk up from like what it was previously. So, well, for me. The bit, the reason I picked the log is one, it's the record stood for so long, and two, mm. he what it, what was it like sixteen pounds? Oh, like most one hundred fives don't hit a four four hundred pound log, let alone no. so, what he hit. Mm-mm. So like, yeah, look, I say uh, like I keep I keep the thing is like I keep track of the deadlift record more because I'm more interested in it because it's a lift that like is it's and it's a little more competitive, right? Because it's. Only for the log, it's only been me, Sean, and really Kearney that have gone after. But at least mm-hmm. for the 105 kilos, you have um, so you've had Dirks, you have Davies, um, mm-hmm. so Blake, yourself. McKeegan. It's an interesting thing that's always changing, right? So that's probably the only reason. But in terms of like a, a record, like I will give like it's a lot. Most contest, I think it's the most contested record um, out there. Yeah, I think so. I think that's this special special on that. What did you think of his axle? Where he, he did it on day three of a competition, he hit the world yeah. record axle. Super impressive. That was like people still <laughs> sleep on that one. The fact that you did, he did that after already doing six events blows my mind. Fairness, my opinion is that's the only way it should be done. Like not day three, obviously, but like I got. I I think it's a sport of strong man and like I think that like these like record thing is like it's like it's not strong man. Yeah. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like I, I personally feel like it's like weigh in, compete and do like the record should be broken within competitions because you're in the sport of strong man versus like constantly putting together a a competition that like panders to your particular wants and needs at your facility or nearby, whatever it might be, to hit a record. Versus like, okay, cool. A max deadlift comes up in a competition. Sick. I might buy for the record here, but I've just done a yoke and I've done this. Like, I think it's like, um, I think that's probably in, like inherently what it's kind of been more like in the past. And I think that's probably like my, my only, cons- like my, my gripe with it is that there's so many people who could be good strong men or better strong men, but they keep thinking about this like deadlift record or stone record or log record. Yeah. And they don't win any fucking titles. Yep. Like strongman is the sport of winning competitions, not winning records. And it's like, you're not a strongman if you've got, you know, like a huge or two huge holes in your game, right? Like yep. you should be spending time filling your holes, not bettering the things that you're already good at. Like that's, I don't need to get a better That's deadlift. what she said, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to get a better deadlift because I can win most deadlifts, most deadlifts events in any comp, right? For the most part. But like, so do I spend more time bettering my deadlift or do I spend more energy and start my week with log that needs more work or like my overhead? Like that's, that's the problem with like people, I think with the getting carried away with the records and stuff like that now is like, it's not the sport of strong man. And, and to me, you know, another black, not black eye, but so you got, you got guys, what's a record up to like 917 pounds or something? Yes. Mm. That sounds right. John Hack pulls 900 pounds under 200 pounds. So yeah. who gives a fuck what well. we do at 105? Wore suit, you wore a suit and you wore straps. And it's like, yeah, it's cool. I know it's a record, bro. But like at the same time, there's like guys in powerlifting that are like, 
Yeah, uh, like so for me personally, I look at that and I'm just like, ooh, like yeah. we're getting dudes that weigh 203 pounds dead. And that's, and that's fine and expected because they have three lifts to worry about. We have 20. That's true. Which means that like we get stronger across the board, but we're not getting objectively stronger in three things and only filling three buckets all well, the time. We're supposed to have 20, but these guys that's what we're supposed to be doing, but we're not anymore. And we're yeah. still stuck. You know well, you, I mean? you can think you can think Eddie Hall for that. Ever since he did that yeah, fucking five hundred yeah, kilo, yep. yeah. no one else is going. to – What they don't realize, no one else is going to end up with a Netflix special. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Eddie. You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, but I'm excited for you both. Of you guys to kind of push the raw record. I think that's something that Sean DeMarinis in the past has really kind of explained. That's a be a huge one, being like the mittens. I have nothing record. against suits. Like it's allowed. I get it, but I just for I don't know, like. It's, it's something just, about that skin, that natural skin suit to pull in and feel good. <laughs> it's always better roll, bro. 100%. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, one, but yeah, so you guys make sure you hit a big record. So because I'm going to chase it probably in a few years. I think <laughs> it's probably, I'm, I'm, I think right now, if I had to like plan my career, I'll put like my chasing the deadlift record towards the end. Cause I feel like yeah. that's something that's like slowly or incremental kind of increase, yeah. but I'm re- I'm ready when for a dumbbell record, whenever it, it appears, I think, uh, that's I think what I'm excited. For. January fifteenth in uh, in, Na- in Nashville, we're doing a ninety kilo world record. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, love it. Can be, can be if you want to come try one hundred five. I'm going, to, I'm going to Jamaica. I'm actually going to be in the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. <fake> Caribbean. So <laughs> then, then we can do maybe do a follow up podcast from actually from there. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but Tyson, what's, what are your kind of plans? Or like, for instance, is there anything on the books? I know it's been pretty tough with, um, of course, restrictions and policies, but what do you got looking forward to in 2022? Um, I turned 30. Which we Yay, sick. welcome to the club. Yeah, bro, I'm getting old now. Um, so I'm just going to get a holiday, man. I'm going to get a van and travel to New Zealand for a month and chill out. So, Are you going to walk the path of Mordor? Yeah, I am. I'm actually going to drop a ring in there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the big thing looking forward to in 2022 is just like um, getting around more, man. Just like traveling a bit, doing some safe stuff. Uh, and just like probably the front half, I've got a fair bit going on um, with work and slash like travel. But then um, probably second half, start looking at competing and stuff again. All of what's going to be happening internationally. So. I'm excited to see you compete again, man. I really am. It's yeah, man, I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Um, yeah, and hopefully we, again we get another belt. That 2018 wasn't my best look, um, as you guys <laughs> know. But hopefully, well, I get it. maybe if Tyson comes to Clash in 2023, it's on the beach. He loves the beach. Exactly. It's, you know, I think you'll enjoy that um, Hilton Head compared to uh, snowy, snowy Raleigh, Carolina. I yeah, think, yeah, I think yeah, you came to like the. Kind of, it's kind of a not, I want to say a quiet city, but it's um, it's not no, the most exciting in, in the middle of a snowstorm. So I think you got robbed of a, of I'm, a yeah. good US I'm kind experience. Of, I'm kind of biased, Tyson, but I think you'll enjoy Clash on the Coast compared to any 105 show you've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I can, I agree, agree with that. I'm all about it. I'll be there. But yeah, you're, well, you'll be on my turf, my show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Tyson, that's all the questions that we have for today. I know you're kind of a busy man. You got lots of clients, uh, Christmas yeah. shopping to do. Uh, yeah. But of course, yeah. thank you for coming. For himself. On. <laughs> <laughs> but do do you have any? Uh, so of course, um, if you guys haven't again, if you guys haven't took a look at his gym, but the huge gym, he probably has everything. You have like a open car deadlift. You guys have like an open throwing stand. Um, yeah, we kind of rotate stuff through depending on comps and stuff like that. Like I've, I've got the jeep that I will pull in and we do like car deadlifts and stuff in the, cool. in the gym. We've got the setup beam, like the adjustable throw beam. Um, we've got power stairs, like a five-run stone, kind of like adjustable platforms. Um, yeah, it's kind of like strongman heaven-ish. That's awesome. I, I look forward to coming and visit someday and training there with you, honestly. Yeah, man, it's good. Sick. Uh, what's What new piece of equipment are you uh, – is on the next – what's the next piece you get, if you're getting out to that gym? Well, my gym's been shut for 18 months, so probably not much. Um, <laughs> um, we got like I – I, honestly, like at this stage, like – Conan's wheel is probably one of the things that we don't have, but I like that's probably one of the things I don't really have a heap of room for. Mm. I mean, we've got like stones for 220. We've got like five, six logs. We've got a heap of axle bars. We've got a block press, a hoosiful. Like there's not much. We've got sandbags to 180. 
it's not much we don't really have. So I don't really, I'm kind of stumped. I usually just ask the members what they yeah, kind you of. You don't have an 18 wheeler inside of there that you can just pull on a. On a, on a... Yeah, we don't have, I've got one on call though. So I do, <laughs> I want easy access. We got to create new events. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but Anthony, any other, uh, any questions, concerns for Tyson? Nope. I believe I'm satisfied. Tyson, any, uh, Tyson, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Um, at the strongman way on Instagram and then at strong Geelong is the gym on Instagram as well. They're probably the two best places. Cool. Awesome guys. Make sure you all do it. Make sure you all do it. Wait, wait, hold. C- click subscribe. Right? That's what you say. <laughs> click subscribe and then go to click yeah, right, here yeah. to go to yeah, the yeah, Instagram. Go, visit Anthony's page. Visit it, of course, Tyson's page. And then, um, yeah. what are you saying, Tyson? Oh, I was going to say, on the website, thestrongmanway.com, there's uh, a whole bunch of, in the tutorial section, um, there's a whole bunch of, like, just strongman tutorials in terms of, like, really easy, like, two or three-minute, like, basic event stuff, like how to stone a shoulder, how to act to clean, and that's probably a good resource if anyone's watching. And we will link that to this. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Got, awesome. Tyson, you're the man. Thanks for coming on. Anthony, talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks, Tyson. Thanks, guys.